0: Alaho, Welcome to R.L. Hygiene, where we talk about educational films, experimental films, and weird documentaries. This is Matt with me today. Is Andrew Shearer? Hello. Hi. I guess today, does this count as experimental film? I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. especially for 1970. It's uh, John Waters' first. I get this is the first feature. Just Mondo Trash doesn't quite count. Yeah.
1: No, there's no talking. Yeah, so.
0: so we're gonna call this John Waters' first film because you gotta have talking in a proper John Waters film. It is a yeah. uh, I multiple mean, Maniacs, so. featuring all of the maniacs. Uh, th- this is the Dreamland crew and pretty the the most full effect they ever showed up in, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's it is for people who are fans of that era John Waters, you know, like pre hairspray John Waters. This is um. This is the where he really begins, I'd say, with his style.
0: And, well, I was just thinking with the the crew. I mean, it's not long after his movie when they started dropping like flies.
1: Yeah, it's so
0: true. It's, so it's sort of like everybody's here. So that because even once, oh God, when when did David Lowry die? That was like before the run of movies was over. Like he was like that
1: was mid seventies, was it? Um, yeah, uh, David Lockery. David
0: yeah, yeah, thank you. <laughs> I think I wrote Lowry in my notes. Oops. Anyway, hey, yeah. Lowry,
1: married to the owner of the forty-one.
0: No, I was at least groovy enough to write Lockery. Okay, I just, uh, yeah, okay. got Athens', yeah, Athens no, there stuff was... in my
1: mind. He got, yeah, really bad strung out and he died. Yeah, that's true.
0: Because he's not even in some of the classic films, I think. Is
1: no. Is Desperate he Living? Um, I seem to remember pink flamingos being his last one okay yeah anyway he's
0: he i would say here he's definitely the uh, co-star with divine like he's, that's right he's in the front seat pretty much and uh the uh, mink stole just steals her scenes of course i mean when you yeah. get your rosary i guess you're going to do that so <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a great
1: one. classic
0: you, you want to try and give the uh four to five sentence uh summary of this particular one
1: yeah well it centers around um the ca- ca- the
0: what is it the perversion
1: yeah it's so divine and uh and her friends all have uh this traveling circus tent that they use and it's supposed to show like you know suburbanites though the weird edgy crazy people up close you know everything from two men kissing to someone making out with a bicycle seat i mean you got like everything in there and really what they do is is rob and murder people that go in attend it's pretty great and um, but the the B plot the breakout plot is that um david lockery's character is um divine's uh, boyfriend but he's very terrified And uh, wants to leave and go run away with someone else. And man, shit just hits every fan. I'll say this now. Multiple Maniacs has the best ending in film history.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm not going to argue that.
1: (laughs) I mean, it just, it's my favorite kind of ending. And (laughs) the only way you could match it is by copying it. I mean, it's it's about
0: the biggest meltdown you're going to see from without a special effect. Well, if we call divine a special a effect, special I guess. But, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the 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 budget on this uh, movie was so low they couldn't even afford like names, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's Mr. David. Oh, she's Mink. <laughs> it's like really, <laughs> which honestly is fine for this. I mean, that's great. It's almost nice that they didn't bother. But
1: uh... yeah, no, it's it is. Um... You know, I have I have some people that that feel like because it's black and white and because there is, you know, it's it's got that Mondo kind of a feel to it that it's kind of like, I mean, it it definitely falls under the category of experimental. I mean, the only reason John Waters movies started to look better is because he started to learn how to use a camera, you know, right? uh, Because Mondo Trash Show is not.
0: I mean, you know, people are totally into you know, John Waters, of course, will watch it, but uh Mondo Trash Show isn't like the easiest one to get through.
1: <laughs> no, it it's um it's a doesn't really have a plot per se. Uh Mondo Trash Show is a honest to goodness three act structure. Yeah. Even if I didn't know quite how to end it.
0: <laughs> that actually is I think that was what I was first thinking of for doing this, but just module maniacs like spit out my brain, but probably because it's uh a more entertaining watch in the end so
1: it does and it has its artistic moments that sort of like transcend what you would consider a john waters movie
0: yeah again i was thinking of um with their jesus stuff and you know the holy mountain being like pretty similar with holy mountain of course being much more of the the well, honestly, I think John Waters films are as art films as anything, but that's kind of a minority opinion. But uh, Ordowski sort of gets the, uh, you know, he gets a pass on that. So, but he yeah, just screwed up shit a lot. I mean, <laughs> you know, and like lots of his movies.
1: John Waters, you can tell, was watching all of that stuff. And so, you know, it gave him the freedom to think about his way of doing those kind of things. It's really pretty cool. It, it has been a few years since I've read shock value, but I think I did read it about five times in the past. Yeah. You know? It's a it's a great book in there. Uh, one of his, uh, one of his longtime crew members and associates, uh, wrote a book. Um, and I can't remember what it was called, but it was kind of like the seeing the flip side of shock value where you got the, those experiences from another person's angle. And, uh, I can't remember he did, he wasn't with John all the way up through the end or whatever. Um, because I, I think we both agree he stopped making movies. Um, I want to say maybe cry baby was the last one this guy worked on, but he was there from the old ones.
0: That as I'll say, if you're in through the entire seventies run, that's pretty solid.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. uh, Of course there also is a plus that John Waters happens to be a very good writer. So (laughs) true. And, um, I just I you see his obsessions with crime in this. Um, the Tate Labianca murders had not yet been solved when this was made and when this was being shot. And so like Divine's character is trying to brainwash David Lockery into thinking he's the one that committed the murders. I think they call and, that gaslighting now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and so that's a it's an interesting element because you know john waters i mean there's manson stuff in most of his movies if not direct references then you know well i mean let's face it the
0: the dreamland crew is sort of like a uh you know less murdery manson vibe anyway right <laughs> <laughs>
1: i guess you could say that yeah especially
0: at this part in point in time so
1: Well yeah i mean if they're john i believe has said they were committing cinematic atrocities or something like that and so
0: Right, so was, their blood on the screen was not spilling the actual blood of uh Hollywood people, but making this, which is uh, of course, a, a, be- a better call, even if uh, yeah, many people do
1: It is kind of like a, a, f- a fantasy version of that, I suppose.
0: So, um, we, we had a look at what this criterion print, and there's been some soundtrack changes, like mm-hmm. what they had Elvis yeah. on the original, I think.
1: Elvis was in the sex scene that Cookie is in. Um and uh it I believe there was an Elvis picture on the wall or something. It's a real easy to know where it was in the movie. But yeah, that's why this movie um I have it off VHS, the very old VHS release. And then it was all just bootlegs up until the Criterion. And um I had the chance to speak to John when he was doing press for uh the Criterion version, because it did play theaters before um the disc was released. And uh yeah, he said that it had to be. Whole, all the music had to be replaced. There's I don't, I don't even remember if any of the originals left.
0: I felt like the planets at near the end was probably there originally. The classical at the end, I'm pretty sure that I still was there. Used but watching
1: the new one, that I can't I mean, remember.
0: But yeah, this one was like impossible, almost impossible to get your hands on for quite a long time. So I think maybe I watched it with you once, but it's not like the other John Waters films where I've seen them several times.
1: Yeah, no, I have the tapes of Mondo Trasho and Molecular Maniacs. I, I
0: I probably I probably dubbed off of your dub or something horrible like that.
1: <laughs> I mean, these were these were tapes I bought used at a video store. So, oh, that okay, you, that was, it was a one.
0: Okay, the, just a copy of a of a. <laughs> well, I remember it probably not looking so great on VHS anyway. But oh uh, no, it's
1: horrid, uh, horrible, horrible. I mean, I would love to see. Mundo track I, I wouldn't care if it even had no sound. Uh I would I would love to see it properly restored the way this one was because multiple maniacs looks incredible. Yeah, I really guess that's does. where
0: I enjoyed it much more this time because I remember not liking it as much as the other John Waters films. And, and it was I think it was probably just from watching a fuzzy headache inducing version on videotape.
1: <laughs> yeah, and plus you lose a lot of the because everybody's white. In this movie, you lose a lot of detail when it, it just it looked very blown out. You know, like if you're a fan of Divine, but what I wanted to say though before I forget, you called it a monster movie in your notes. Yeah, that is exactly what Multiple Maniacs is because um, uh, we hear a lot about like transgender now, and John wanted made it a point to me to say uh, that Divine was not transgender transsexual or transvestite divine did not want to be a woman divine wanted to be godzilla
0: there we go well he uh, she she definitely um made that happen by the end of this film so
1: (laughs) i know right i mean that's what a wonderful (laughs)
0: ending. well yeah with the folks running down the street from a
1: a crazed drag queen
0: it's great (laughs) like
1: a kid just randomly joined when they were doing it
0: and we do need it throughout the props especially for 1970 just how well shot it is obviously there's no budget to speak of at all but just you know things are framed well it's not you know like manas the hands of fate it's like they
1: god knows what they're doing with the camera
0: but the camera's where it's supposed to be in most of these shots so
1: yeah yeah no and um like i said the there are parts that kind of transcend the uh, what you would expect from john waters uh, not just the stations of the cross part but the uh the rosary scene as well you can't in the amount of time they did that you you have to have planned it out well you know uh because they just like got in there and, and filmed it while someone else was distracting the the staff there at the church
0: makes it reminds me there's a news article a few weeks back about the the priest in louisiana that was uh someone took pictures of him having like a threesome on the altar <laughs> <laughs> you know put the put the spirit of jesus in you i guess i don't know how it goes in louisiana Gosh, but
1: yeah.
0: but that that was that <laughs> was a, a that viral thing i believe
1: because of covid they can't touch anyone it's like keep that's a good idea maybe keep that policy afterward right um
0: excuse me i was also thinking like when we were first watching john or when we were watching john waters films in the 90s and 2000s like of course the distinctive acting style which some people might call bad acting but if you know john waters films there's definitely a vibe i i would say it's actually kind of like that's kind of a stylish acting choice now sort of the weird john waters vibe
1: (laughs) yeah i mean it's um you know, people associate him with some kind of like retro camp, but John Waters was very much into what he called the theater of the ridiculous, which is, you know, people were doing like this elevated soap opera uh, style. And um, he had a specific cadence that he liked people to do. And you recognize it uh, all through him. you know, Um, think about the way, uh, there's just two kinds of people, Mrs. Sandstone, my kind of people, and assholes. <laughs> you know, It's like that's, that happens in so many of the movies. Yeah,
0: I, I guess my favorite line from this one, because it's the one I wrote down, is uh, let's get a room upstairs so we can perform acts. <laughs> I want just...
1: to perform acts with you.
0: <laughs> that that one definitely uh, got me this time for whatever reason. <laughs> you know, watch it, you know, what do they mean, acts? yeah <laughs> well i get to the acts later but uh yeah i think i mentioned, shit but uh because right now they got wandavision on tv and of course they're doing the sitcom thing but i would say it, that style owes just as much to again
1: the theater of the ridiculous from here as those old sitcoms yeah because it's someone's take on something that did exist but it it actually is not a I mean, that's not the way it really was. So John is sending that up just as they're sending it up.
0: I guess you got to put your, your nose on to the camp grindstone. You press the button as hard as you can or you don't press it at all. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: because um, that's and it can't be faked either. It has to be done by someone who really understand what makes camp camp. You know,
0: so I, I guess his talent is. At least at this point in time, in particular, taking people that aren't necessarily talented and uh, you know, aiming them in the right direction, which
1: or I guess they call that
0: directing. But
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but you still have to have a good sense of what someone is going to be capable of, you know. And I think but, he's a master at that.
0: Like Edith Massey, Massey's fantastic, and she never even tried to act in any of these movies.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were there were times when you could sort of feel her. Uh, nervousness with a lot of dialogue, I think female trouble probably most of all, you know, but uh yeah, I don't think he wanted her to be too outside of herself, you know he wants Edith on the screen
0: right and that's maybe that's why no one got their names changed they're on doing too much acid, they get confused. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite John Waters quotes was that people thought that we were on drugs when we were making these movies, and we were. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I guess that's a shock value quote, I think, isn't it?
1: Yeah, it it might might be. Yeah, I've also interviewed uh, Mink Stoll as well. I got to speak with her longer than I got to speak with John, and you know, she was just saying how you know, if she'd never left her house and never tried to meet people, then she would have never gone on this whole experience, and she um she you know obviously doesn't have the money to go along with the cult fame you know so she's not the sitting in the financial equivalent of cult fame or whatever it might be i guess they don't
0: have a john waters convention circuit
1: they should but (laughs) yeah no uh they just you know you'll you'll see them sometimes mink was doing uh conventions for a, a while but she's also one of the only ones left um and one of the only ones that would travel and one of the only ones still working. Yeah, I was about to say, um,
0: she's got plenty of work outside of these films, which you can't really say for most of the crew.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, and it, but it's circled around to where now she's got the respect of having done John Waters films. And so, you know, that's really that's really cool that she was able to play that into anything. No, um, it shows up in this one i was definitely thinking
0: oh wait oh this is like her ground floor for like actually becoming a you know sort of legendary character actor <laughs> but in yeah this film just yeah literally coming in off the
1: street right <laughs> no my desperate living is my favorite because of mink stole's tirade that she goes on <laughs> you could be pregnant beth <laughs> <laughs> Well, but I love multiple maniacs because it is, it's still, it's one of the ones that still tends to sometimes upset people because of all the religious stuff that's in it.
0: Yeah. And then I, again, I guess that's why I was thinking the Holy Mountain. Um, yeah. It's, it's hard to, Desperate Living, just uh I guess that one's weird because like the it's got like the fantasy land, so it's all the weird constructed sets. So there's like you know total break with reality. Whereas this one has no sets; it's all just like unless you count those tents.
1: <laughs> no, it's where there, there's it's...
0: a church, John Waters' apartment. Um, <laughs> the other settings, uh, the bar that Edith Massey actually worked in.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, there. I believe uh, someone on the crew actually. T- Flipped out and left because they were um, convinced that John Waters was an FBI agent and that the film itself was a setup to try and frame uh, a hippie for having murdered, uh, done those murders. Right. So
0: <laughs> he was probably, he was pro- well, he's probably a little <laughs> Get to get you paranoid or something, right? I mean, John has said it. Everyone said it. They were pretty high when they made these movies. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, you know, getting high and being the Manson family and being these folks are, are nicely different things as I mentioned
1: before. So, John, when he was writing them, maybe under the influence, but I, I have a feeling on set, I think he was pretty, pretty clear.
0: Yeah. I mean, the photog- again, the photography itself in this movie is quite well done. I guess that's why it rates a Criterion edition, right? It's
1: yeah yeah no and that blew my mind um beyond the valley of the dolls was a little bit more expected because it was a big studio production um but yeah multiple maniacs has led to other john waters stuff being on criterion it's just incredible um yeah i'm hoping for
0: what was the uh quote unquote budget for this one i don't know okay i'm I'm wondering if it was like nothing (laughs) obviously they have some nice film stock this time and some sound equipment. yeah no
1: he he was usually able to hit up his parents for money and pay them back
0: yeah this must still be a, a borrowing it from the parent part of the uh stage, I would t- so. I would have, yeah but so. all of that money's on the screen at least and uh oh yeah oh yeah, yeah no, we, that's i guess most of that money went to lobster,
1: lobster. <laughs> yeah so for those who've not watched this the uh the end, the film ends abruptly with a giant, um, like fiberglass paper mache. I don't know what they made it out of a giant lobster attacking Divine. And, um, do we say that it rapes Divine? I don't really know. I was pretty sure it did. Okay. It's just a clickety clackety mess of half broken thing. But the fact that it, someone built it and puppeteered it and it exists on film. Uh, it's just perfection i don't think you know I have, I have we talked about the the muppets theory of endings when they can't come up with an ending either someone is exploded or eaten
0: i've definitely heard that before
1: okay yeah so that was their vibe if they couldn't come up with ending explode or be eaten and I, I feel like i'm not saying that john didn't know Exactly how he was going to end the monster movie with an actual monster on screen um, defeating Godzilla. But it just, it's the last thing you're expecting. You know? <laughs> but it so, absolutely needs to be here. Yeah. Now, I get that. That's where the Muppet Theory works, I guess. Yeah. No, it's like when in doubt, giant lobster. <laughs> but it's, yeah, I mean, it, it's huge. And you could tell a lot of work went into making it. Yeah, it's a throwback to like those cheeseball 50s monsters that, you know, if photographed well, you're like, that's kind of funny and cheesy. But if photographed poorly, you're like, oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> that's a piece of shit right there.
0: And um, we do have to look uh, specifically at the calvacate of perversions. It's sort of like the the John Waters primer, right? <laughs> I would <laughs> I say so. Like for his entire, well, at least his 70s film career. <laughs> if not a little yeah. beyond
1: no because you you were with me when he came to athens um to do one of his lectures did you also go see pink flamingos with me where they had the the the, the uh the intermission
0: yeah yeah i I feel like no, oh yeah it was like they screened pink flamingos earlier in the day it wasn't all together was it i don't remember she wasn't but...
1: There during the screening no
0: anyway i saw the screening i saw the the lecture as well so okay.
1: Yeah, in the screening, it's one of my most unforgettable. And this will tell you everything about John Waters' 70s work. Here we were at a college in Athens, Georgia, supposedly a hip art town at the school that has an art school. John Waters being the cultural figure he is, the icon he is. People just went for the doors after that asshole scene.
0: Yeah, yeah, I do remember that, but it's almost like I would have been disappointed if that didn't happen, you know.
1: (laughs) I, I was, I was, I was, I was shocked at their shock. (laughs) You know, the movie still has power. Yeah.
0: This one, what we have here, we got the Puke Eater. That was notable, I guess.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. People are still. I was on a roundtable podcast about this film that went through the whole John Waters filmography over a period of months and uh yeah someone had to turn it off and couldn't keep watching it <laughs>
0: um
1: I, I was disturbed
0: by the drug crazed animals tidy whities It <laughs> was a bad choice
1: <laughs> i just love it because you got the feeling john's like you know he contacts all his friends and it's just hey here's some weird crap i want you to do on camera And <laughs> The beauty of those is they had no idea it would be on the Criterion Collection. Blu-ray, you know? Right.
0: Oh, oh yes. In the end, of, when they do trap the uh, suburbanites, I, I do like the we, we've got to help her. She's injured. She's not injured. She's dead. <laughs> that was quite wonderful. So
1: good. Man. <laughs> so good. I, I do wonder why they tied her up since she was dead, but whatever. I mean, why not? Really, I mean, who can say? I've never worked in any sort of cavalcade.
0: We, we were just talking, Bunuel, and I was thinking of an, another Bunuel film here with the Exterminating Angel, where, like, no one can leave the tent. It's like, yeah. they, none of them want to be there, and then they all get, like, mugged, so maybe they should have left. It's the, yeah. the, the power oh, and uh, charm.
1: That, that was great. That I, I'm remembering that now from the notes, the Exterminating Angel being in there. I, you know, I mean, if you wanted to compare this with, with, you know, Boonwell, I think that they were kind of taking shots at the same types of people. Yeah. Um, yeah, And that beginning scene would definitely be an example of that. Although this, this has like zero
0: pretensions doing it, which is a big part of its charm. (laughs) Yeah, no, there's,
1: you don't have to guess what they're. With, with who they're aiming at? <laughs>
0: I mean, for an art film director, I'd say Woodwell takes a lot of the piss out, but there's still a touch of pretentiousness with his stuff. Whereas here, nothing. It's just like a bunch of weirdos that showed up in a front of what John Waters' parents' house and doing this crap. They were, yeah, his
1: front, front yard, his parents' front yard. Oh God! No, I just for for me as someone who made their own movies for pretty much my whole life, um, I very inspired by the john waters making movies just using his friends and just shooting where they could uh that kind of thing really inspired me and uh you know had i known of its existence when i was a kid on the one hand i would have maybe been a bit more um ambitious but on the other hand they maybe would have warped me i don't know if I <laughs> yeah i mean is there
0: is there really a
1: film more uh, psychotronic than this one i don't think so no especially when you figure in the music and stuff i mean it's you can't have a show about underground film or experimental film or weird movies and not put one of these two either mondo trash or multiple maniacs in there they're too influential and um they're too like exactly what you would be looking for i think
0: yeah and I do. I actually um I do have the mondo in the mind. I think I want to go for one of the uh earlier 60s mondos first, you know, cuz uh, again at that point John Waters was still like copying a template. This movie he's making his own template.
1: Mhm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know there's you know, you got your animal I think in mondo or M- mondo trash shows where there's a chicken head cut off.
0: Something like you know. that, but I mean, you know, he's clearly working off with Mondo Bizarro template there. Where here, there's nothing like. Well, unless there's a little bit of that monster movie overlay, but that's even that is. Just, I mean, it is honestly a stretch. But <laughs> yeah, until no, until Lobster shows up. I mean, you know, Divines of Monsters is the whole movie. But uh,
1: yeah, no, this is a perfect fit for what you're doing, and I believe the first feature that we've talked about.
0: Yes, it is the first feature-length one that I've talked about with anyone. This one, so
1: yay <laughs> cool. but
0: um i i guess well we um bleh. we'll probably be back to john waters at some point uh well hell he's got you know documentaries about his stuff too that are probably worth looking at but uh we'll wrap up the maniacs for now you want to spit out your uh your your grandma twit stuff yeah, Gonzorific
1: is Gonzorific is kind of like the uh, Athens, Georgia Dreamland in a way. Um, we make cheap movies here, my friends and I, and they're often experimental in nature, and we never really know really what they're going to be, <laughs> how they're going to turn out. But you can find uh, our stuff on um, Twitter and Instagram and Face Space. Uh, G O N Z O R I F F I C and uh, some of our stuff, I think, is on Vimeo on demand. Uh, you can get Dr. Humpenstein's Erotic Castle, Space Boobs in Space, and coming soon uh, to something will be um, Bad Girl Dracula. I think is going to show up on Tubi TV, and then Prime Video might take Ariella Jones and the Home Video Vixens for a month or so. Yeah, they
0: seem to kind, of, yeah. As well say, they seem to kind of flit in and out. <laughs>
1: Uh, is, they're, they're eventually will get rid of all indies yeah 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 so I, I, I guess it's the
0: time when it's good for everyone to
1: make their own platforms when possible yeah of amazon they got rid of all their short fi- films and all their indie documentaries at least on the united states they just shook all those yeah well i guess that's because they
0: Got their original content now. but
1: Yeah, built their platform, the Prime Video platform was kind of built on the backs of people like me. And then it's similar to the early days of home video. Right. You know, once they don't need Herschel Gordon Lewis, they get rid of Herschel Gordon Lewis.
0: At least you got to come back and make a couple late in the day.
1: Yeah. No, I'm, uh, you know, I'm not mad at it. sometimes you can turn that
0: boat around (laughs) anyway (laughs) uh as for this podcast it's oral hygiene uh pod on twitter facebook and that's i think that pretty much covers it um (laughs) you can hear me talk about feature links every week at matt luke sci-fi sanctuary that's mlsfs pod at twitter facebook and so on but uh or find it on apple podcasts i didn't even listen to this one till it finally showed up on apple podcasts like three episodes came out and it hadn't been like approved yet so i just didn't listen to them yet <laughs> <laughs> okay. yeah fair so.
1: enough i'm, I'm stuck <laughs> on
0: those apple podcasts
1: <laughs> yeah, i ain't even listening to my own shit
0: okay well everyone just a uh, time for you to go out and kill
1: that's right listen to your own shit
0: you advance the strip are you on the final page well done